Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. And guess what? When I say we are back, it's actually the both of us, Julie, returning from her COVID lows. So Julie, welcome to the podcast. Yes, it's glad to, uh, I'm glad to be back. Been looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, I have to say, Julie, um, you and I got the vaccine early, the Pfizer vaccine, and I'm not, we're not going to talk about vaccines and COVID and all the rest of it. And we didn't get any form of COVID after that. And this last version of COVID, which we supposedly have, which is Omicron, or some derivative of it, is supposed to be the least sort of nasty version of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the hell they're talking about because it was plain nasty. Yeah, not good. No bueno. Yeah, no bueno. That's what we're kind (laughs) of saying. So yeah, those of you who were following us on Instagram and social and all the rest of it, wishing us uh, the best, especially when we had to take Zoe to the emergency room the other day um, because she had some strep throat related issues. She didn't necessarily get COVID like we did, but she had a strep throat that I'm sure was brought on by COVID and yeah. So moral of the story is everybody has rounded the bend. So uh, all your, your prayers have made us all feel a lot better and a lot more, you know, frankly, grateful for feeling healthy. And so for that reason, we mm-hmm. decided to do a podcast about the down market. But no, 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 wait for it. The upside to a down market, right? Here's the fact, guys. We are in, we, Julie and I have been doing our best to, to hopefully have all of you understand that nobody really knows what's going to happen next in the economy and housing because nothing like this has happened before. Everyone tries to use their personal previous experiences to benchmark what they think will happen next. They very rarely do humans go beyond their own personal experiences. So that's the reason you see so many people trying to reflect back towards the real estate you know, crash of 07 and you know that. And that you see a lot of people saying it's going to follow the same pattern. Well, clearly it's not. Virtually everything's different. We don't even need to talk about it on this podcast. We've given you guys, uh, I think, two or three podcasts and go back and listen to them specifically why there will not be a real estate crash, why there will not be massive real estate depreciation. And I think by now, all of our uh, points and all of our predictions when we originally came out with that podcast, which was the original one, which was probably about a year ago, we were pretty much right about every damn thing we said. So we still are holding true with our belief that there's not going to be a sort of housing crash, but look to see how everyone else is just trying to benchmark their own personal experiences that might harken back to, you know, the great housing recession and the rest of it in 07. Well, here's a simple fact. The last time our economy, our country experienced anything like this was before even I was born. (laughs) A long, long ago. Oh, come on! In a now. different time. Yes, that's right. Back when everything was in black and white. That's right. <laughs> I had somebody actually trying to make fun of me the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and they were, they they thought they were just telling a joke. They said, "Tim, back you know back when you guys were young, they still had fax. Uh, you were using fax paper, but what they didn't realize was that it was true." <laughs> It was true. Remember that curly paper? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. I know. I saw a hilarious thing on, I'm on a Facebook group. Yes, I said it, uh, for Gen X. And the posts were, uh, you were supposed to post things that you believed as a kid that you like totally all in believed that took you years to figure out were not actually true. And it was some of the funniest things. And one of the most common things was to the belief that kids have that back in the olden times, there was no color. 
it was actually black and white. And yes, we also had fax machines. The disadvantage that a lot of the younger folks have, which is um, a lot of our podcast listeners and coaching clients and our EXP family, you know, you guys are, we're getting a lot of millennials and generations, uh, you know, obviously X and, you know, everybody else is joining our organizations. But the reality of it is, is what we're seeing is a lot of people are really, I think, stressing themselves out unnecessarily because they don't know what direction the market's going. And so just know that you're not alone, but it just... Finishing up the point I was trying to make, the last time we experienced anything like this was from 1967, uh, and it didn't really end until 1970, I'm sorry, 1982. So it was during that more than 10-year span that we saw essentially an inflationary cycle that was very similar uh, to this one. Now, frankly, the moving parts to this one are a lot more challenging, national debt being $30 trillion dollars. Uh, a whole bunch of other things too. But again, I don't want to talk about any things, these things because it makes it seem political and that's not our intent. Our job is to help you guys get into action, make money through helping people buy and sell real estate. So moral of the story is, is no matter what direction interest rates go, no matter what direction politics go, no matter what direction anything goes, people will always need to buy and sell real estate. And it's really incredibly important that you understand that. And as long as you're the person that's there to provide the, you know, the skill set necessary to help them, um, you know, work through whatever the market headwinds are, you're going to be the person that's going to get paid. And that's really your objective. A lot of you guys are finally waking up to the reality. Again, I'm going to lean into the younger folks. You guys, unfortunately, many of you came into the industry during one of the best boom markets. And, and that, so it had lots of blessings but also had lots of downsides too. And the biggest downside was no one ever told you that you had to do anything other than branding and marketing and all the rest of it. Well, I'm here to tell you that, listen, and please listen to what I'm saying. Those things have a place in the marketplace for sure. Those, you know, marketing and branding, all that stuff makes sense. But what really matters in a market like this more than anything is your skill set. And if you don't know how to help, it's it's not just, it, when I say skill set, it's so much more than just those words, skill set. It's also about knowing how to deal with the psychology of the buyers and the sellers in this marketplace. It's, it's knowing how, what to say and how to say it. Frankly, it's knowing what not to say is also equally as important. So this is what this market is. As you know, you're going to see new winners um, that are going to be crowned, and you're going to see previous winners. They're going to wonder why the market no longer is working in their in their way anymore. And you're going to see a lot of agents who are new agents who are willing to learn to do what they didn't want to do and they didn't want to do it at the highest level right from the get. And those are the agents that are going to start dominating in a lot of these markets. And Julie and I, when we came into real estate, that's exactly what we did. So our first year in the business, we sold over 100 homes. And what, how did we do it? Because the market was headed and it was flat. It was a buyer's market. There was a lot of expireds or a lot of for sale by owners. Um, there was a lot of apathy not a lot of, you know, a lot of people were doing, guess what, marketing and all the rest of it to try to build business. And Julie and I were proactive and went directly after the prospective sellers. You guys can do the same thing. You can learn to be proactive. And whatever happens next in the market, know, believe it or not, that you are in the right place at the right time. Now all you have to do is apply, apply the right skill set and the right mindset, obviously. And you'll be unstoppable because of this market. Before, it was very, very difficult to differentiate yourself from the competition. But now it's not difficult to differentiate yourself because so many of your competitors aren't going to take the time to learn how to actually be proactive lead generators. Remember, guys, at the end of the day, now that you know you're in the right business at the right time, at the end of the day, you just have to master these five things. Please do not forget this and do not be confused by anyone telling you it's more complicated than this. Learn to be a very powerful proactive lead generator. Learn to 
be a very effective pre-qualifier. Uh, uh, next, uh, number three, learn to be a very good presenter, then a very good negotiator, which in this market is becoming more and more of a challenge. And then you have to be very good with lead follow-up. Now, lead follow-up and uh, pre-qualifying are kind of one and the same. In other words, don't be spending a lot of time lead following up on somebody that's not actually you know, ready, willing, and able to transact. Uh, and these are all the types of things you have to learn how to do to make the most of this market. And that's what premier coaching is all about. Now, the interesting thing too, is we're adding a lot of new elements to premier coaching because we want to make premier coaching an absolute overwhelming value. We want to make it so when you guys join premier coaching for free, you can't believe all the stuff you get. We just added a new probate section. We add to all of our other lead generation sources. We're adding another section that's going to be all about um, investing. A lot of you guys are asking us, how do I invest in real estate? You want to know even how to wholesale houses? We're going to have a section on that. All of that information is coming to you, and it's in, in, in addition to all the stuff that's already waiting for you in Premier Coaching. And yes, when you join Premier Coaching for free, it does include a daily semi-private coaching call, and it doesn't cost you anything with one of our Harris Certified Coaches. All you've got to do is text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372, or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. So please do not think you're not in the right place at the right time. You are. You're in a blessed position you know, the old saying is it's a great day as long as you're waking up looking at the green side of the grass. I think Julie and I will agree that is especially true after the last couple of weeks of what we've been experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, guys, so Julie, what are, what is, let's start with part one. What are the sure. upsides to a down market? Yes. And this will be a multi-part series, the upside to a down market. So this is part 1.1. Buyers in the new market now have, guess what? more choices. How many of your buyers were sidelined for months or even years waiting to have more than one house to choose from? How many buyers opted to not be in a bidding war? How many of those buyers also have a home to sell? Who told you they would have listed, but where were they going to go? Now, so here's the challenge it presents to a buyer's agent, right? Mm -hmm. A buyer's agent doesn't know how to sell a house or help a buyer make a decision which house. You guys, by the way, you never sell real estate. I know you technically legally sell real estate, but the real estate sells itself. The buyer likes it or they don't. The seller wants to sell it or they don't. So you're never ever actually you know, convincing somebody to buy something they wouldn't already uh, otherwise buy. So let's be very clear about you're that. You're a facilitator. You are. You're a facilitator at the end of the day. But there's ways to actually be uh, you know, a professional at it where you help, you're helping people to overcome the natural, emotional, and sometimes financial objections that they might have in their own head to help them make their own decision. You guys see, that's what, really, that's what selling truly is. Selling isn't convincing something to do something they didn't already want to do. That's basically impossible. What you're doing is you're, con you're helping somebody to uh, transact doing something they already said they wanted to do. You're just there to make the process smoother and easier and less stressful. That's what really great selling is. But here's the challenge a lot of you guys are going to have. You've only sold in one kind of market. You've only sold where there was so much FOMO, fear of miss missing out. You've got no clue how to make it so that when a buyer's trying to make a decision between three and four different houses, which ones they're going to make an offer on. You don't know how to deal with you know, realistically setting expectations for what the end price should be or inspections or appraisal issues. These are all skills-based things. You guys see how it's different in the market, which was only like six months ago, you know, if that, if yeah. that. in some cases, it's still a hot seller's market. It, there was no, it, you just basically a house is for sale. You want to buy it, pay $25,000 or $250,000 over no inspections, no appraisals. Yeah. They bought it because it was available. 
Exactly. That those that is over. That's not, you know, we're not going to maybe experience that again in our lifetimes, a market like that. There might be hot markets here and there, but for the most part, that this was a nationwide phenomenon. It's, it has come to an end, right? And if that's the market you grew up in and you think that's normal and now you're uh, having to help buyers and the buyers have too many choices in their minds and they're overwhelmed and they're confused and overwhelming and confusing emotions result in people doing nothing you're going to start losing transactions. This is the reason you're going to have to know how to help them focus. And we show you guys in the in Premier Coaching how to actually help buyers focus in on, you know, even if there's like 25 houses for sale, you know, I'm not going to go through all the scripts in the process. But well, it's the, called Buyer Mastery. That's the section. Exactly. There. There's a Buyer Mastery section on Premier where we're going to show you how to take what feels like an overwhelming number of options and make them realize that given what they're looking for, price range, condition, location, all the rest of it, there might only be three or four, and those are the three or four we need to focus on. This is all skills-based. Are you understanding when I say it's skills-based now versus, you know, whatever it was before where the market was selling itself? This is the difference. Yeah, so if you have any doubt about buyers having choices, and I won't read all of these statistics, but for example, the increase, the percent increase in inventory, Oakland, California leads the way with almost 61% more listings to choose from. In, uh, let's see, Seattle, it's 41%. Dallas is 42%. Even in Austin is almost 51% increase. So we're talking about actually having lots of choices. That does mean, to Tim's point, you have got to get your buyer skills polished up as well. That's a different thought for many of you. Point number two, remember, upside to the down market. Buyers don't have to guarantee appraisal gaps anymore. How fun was that for you guys to deal with? Homes are selling at or close to list price, not massively above. No more worries for you about deals dying because buyers didn't have the down payment plus the appraisal difference. This means each buyer's savings actually goes further towards a stronger down payment or keeping more reserve cash. For example, instead of guaranteeing the appraisal gap, why not spend some of that money to buy down the rate and lock it in? Now that money's available. <clears throat> Excuse me. According to a recent Redfin report, houses are now selling for 99.8% of uh, list price currently. Now that's the first time in two years that it's dropped below 100%. Keep in mind that these stats are based on the final price, not the initial price, and that just under 10% of active listings have had price reductions before they actually sold but they are actually selling. You know, I heard uh, somebody was, um, there was something that was making its way around uh, on Instagram where someone was saying the average, uh, like basically the, the effects of the interest rates on monthly payments. Mm -hmm. And they were showing essentially a $500,000 house at three and a half percent was the equivalent of a $300,000 house now at what the current interest rates are. Yep. And so his projection, his essentially um, conclusion was, that means that real estate prices have to drop by 30%. And it doesn't even remotely no, make any that sense. No, makes no sense. Because here's the reality of it. When you look at all the... So, um, again, if a seller has to sell, and they have to sell into the market, uh, and the market is not going to necessarily pay what uh, they would have hoped to pay, uh, hoped to have received, they're just going to rent it. So when interest rates go up, what it actually does is increases the number of people that want to rent. And that's the reason that rents are increasing as well. So there's actually a seller's market that's going to continue on, on the rental side of things for quite some time to come, not to mention inflation. So even what, it, what will happen is you're going to see, and this is kind of something, again, that's never happened before. You're going to have a lot of people, a vast majority of all Americans, and if I remember correctly, Julie, almost, was it 90%? And my COVID brain isn't quite, yep. it's a little addled right now. So, right. Okay. But 90% of all mortgages taken within the last 24 or 36 months 
were 30 year fixed at like less than three and a half percent or something. That's crazy right. Like less that. than 10% are unadjustables. Right. So that means that if you have an interest rate that's three and a half percent, let's say, and your payment on that $500,000 house, let's say is $1,800 a month, and you can rent that damn thing out for, you know, $3,000 or $2,500 a month, you're going to rent it, obviously, every single time and twice on Sunday. But also, there's a lot of other things you could do. You could get someone to assume your mortgage. You're not just going to drop your price there because there's going to be such a demand and the demographic graphics are going to continue to, uh, frankly, benefit property owners, asset owners, because there's so many, you know, frankly, millennials that are going to be wanting to buy houses or wanting to live someplace other than, you know, an apartment or whatever. And that's the natural progression as people get older. So yes, there's not going to be any precipitous drop in price. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. I, uh, Ray Dalio, I said Kurzweil yesterday. I mean, again, I'm blaming COVID. You got the right part. I'm, bl- I'm, I'm blaming COVID every time I say something dumb. I know. See, we've got that now. That's that's the upside to having COVID. Yeah, but I think I'm going to use that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, because I say dumb things a lot, right? <laughs> so anyway, Ray Dalio, um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I think he was talking about appreciation and inflation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Maybe. Aren't you guys glad Julie's back? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So here's the thing is that Ray Dalio was he I've been reading this. uh, He's been writing this great long form, you know, essay, if you want to call it that. Basically, it's a book in uh, LinkedIn. And I've read all of them. He's been doing it for now since uh, COVID. It was awesome. Um, And a lot of his predictions are kind of lofty, but still it's interesting to fast. It's fascinating because he brings history in, Mm -hmm. which is kind of leading, leading into the point I was trying to make prior that most people only will use their own personal you know, lifetime experiences to predict what's going to happen in the future. Sure. And you have to go way outside of your own lifetime experiences to really have a good perspective on what might happen next. And that's exactly what Ray Dalio was uh, uh, writing about on all these essays. And again, they're on LinkedIn. Just go to Ray Dalio LinkedIn. You guys will find all of these. So he's predicting that there's going to be inflation rates of 5 to 6% for a long damn time. Now, he didn't say how many years but just assume 10%. So 5 to 6%. Now, he also said he's just flipping guessing. He said it could very well be significantly more. And he studies this stuff. Right. So I, here's what this means, just yeah. to put this in perspective. Everything is going to increase in cost every year by 5 or 6%, including real estate. So let's say you bought a house uh, last year and you locked a $500,000 house and you locked it in for 3.5%. And just in the last 12 months, it's appreciated by, I don't know, probably 20%. So now that $500,000 house, let's just be somewhat conservative, it's worth five seventy-five. And now while you're sitting there doing nothing, the house is going to increase in value by 6% per year. So it, just to keep my math easy, let's start at 6%. So if the house is going to increase in value, follow me on this, listeners. It'll be the biggest eye-opener. I mean, when you put all this math together in your head, you'll realize what I'm saying to you will give you more confidence. Um, assuming I can say this clearly enough that you guys will understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So if you have a $600,000 house and every year Ray Dalio's prediction of inflation, which acts like in, uh, appreciation, right, is 6%. That means that $600,000 house in year one is going to be worth uh, $636,000, right? Now, here's the interesting thing. Is that right? Six, yeah. 6%. Yeah. Right. All right. So here's the interesting, uh, interesting aspect of this. If your payment on that house, let's say, is $24,000, the inflation or the appreciation on that house, when the inflation is 6 or 7%, is going to more than cover the cost of actually the mortgage. So you're living, you have an effective, what economists will call a negative interest rate on your, on your house. Your house actually is costing you nothing because the inflation is, in, is covering the cost 
of the actual principal interest taxes and insurance. Maybe it doesn't cover the, maybe you have some big roof problem or who knows what, right? Adjust accordingly. But the moral of the story is as long as you have this macro cycle of inflation where people are able to hold their long, these mortgages, these long, you know, people are not going to be refinancing at a three and a half percent mortgages. Especially remember, everybody has a lot of equity and that equity is growing. Yeah. And exactly with inflation. So what you really have, what nobody is talking about, how the hell are you going to get everyone? 90% of all mortgages in the past, in recent history, what's going to motivate somebody to want to sell a house with a three and a half percent mortgage uh, even if they want to move up, I mean, they're going to want to hold that house because the interest is negative, and they're able to they could rent that thing and make all kinds of money off of it just from the inflation or the appreciation of the house. Which is also a major reason why we're not going to wake up with a million more listings on the market tomorrow, which is what we would need to get even to a balanced market. So, in spite of the fact that many markets are up fifty and sixty percent inventory wise, we still have a lack of listings. We still have fear of missing out. We still have more demand than supply. So, okay, point number three, sellers actually need you. Remember, this is the upside to a down market. Sellers need you. Homes are not selling themselves anymore in 22 seconds. Pricing is more challenging. Staging matters. No more beating down your commission because they really didn't see your value. The temptation to be a for sale by owner or to not be particular about whom they list with or to list with a discount broker is now waning. They know, you know, they're going to have to do things like deal with inspections. Maybe they need help with that. Actually, most sellers who have never actually sold a house during a real market won't know how to deal with inspections. Nope. The sellers won't have the, the sellers lack, money sellers lack the same, uh, they have no experience selling in a real market either. So you are going to be, and neither do any of your loan officers, neither do your co-ops, neither is your office manager, your broker. So everyone around you, in essence, is probably going to have zero experience knowing how to sell real estate at a transitioning market, let alone a buyer's market. This is the reason you need to get your skills on. This is the reason you need to be the, the actual professional. I remember very clearly when Julie and I first got into the business our first year, we didn't know what the hell we were doing and we ran into lots of problems. And I'll never forget, there was a, a few agents who were very nice, respectful. Remember Phil next door at Cam Taylor? Yeah. We had this very complicated deal we were trying to put together. And he, we, he sat us every, all parties around a table and he essentially without any ego whatsoever, put the whole deal together. It didn't make us feel, you know, subordinate to him whatsoever. It, it, it was, they were our listings. It was unbelievable. And we learned so much from that. You're going to have to be like Phil. You're going to have to be like some of the other people that are the real professionals in your community. And the only way you're going to do that is obviously from experience, but Frankly, you're going to need to learn how to do it from coaching as well. So text the word PREMIER to 47372. Remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. Point number four is my favorite point, Julie. Yes, commissions are going up on both the listing side and the buyer side. Caring, competent and skilled agents are now in high demand. Fear of missing out, otherwise known as FOMO, plus scary headlines equal sellers need your guidance to figure out what's actually going on in the market. So your job is to be the problem solver, the leader in an otherwise confusing market. And point number five is a continuation of point number four, but it, you guys will love this one if you haven't discovered it yet, oh, yeah. Julie. This is my favorite point. <laughs> and I'm collecting these, by the way. I, I I'm giving them to coaching clients. Okay, point number five, builders love you again. Remember when they said, stand in line, we're not paying you? Well, now they love you again. Commission bonuses are already common, as high as 6% or more paid to buyer's agents. If you're not talking to builders right now, you are missing out on opportunities for both your buyers and yourself. 
identify new construction neighborhoods in your area, visit the model homes, get the list of promotions because the list is long, and get your buyers the house they've been waiting for. Here's some examples. Lennar Homes, Lennar is a huge builder, uh, centered in Texas but multiple states, has not just one, they literally have lists of homes already built or in production which pay a 6% buyer side commission. And they'll tell you what the addresses are. No, you guys got to understand, that's 6% to you as the buyer's agent. Yeah. That's not the total commission. That means you get paid 6%. That's right. In Colorado, Challenger Homes has developed a realtor rewards program. The first home you sell is at 3%, then every home after that escalates additional bonuses. I believe for every house after the first one, they add an additional $1,000. So house number two, add a grand. House number three, add two grand and so forth. And they're not the only ones doing it. I just use them as an example. Davidson Homes with neighborhoods built in six different states has a similar bonus program to incentivize sales to close before the end of the year. Morningstar Homes in Austin has a 5% buyer side commission on specific homes already built and underway. And related to this, not just about you. Point number six. Point number six, builders also love buyers. Most builders are now offering in-house financing with loan buy-down programs, which started an introductory low rate. They adjust one to three times year over year and then lock in the rate on year three. This means buyers can afford more, still get a low rate, refinance later if they wish, and have a new home by the holidays. There are so many of those programs. I was researching for that point, and it, it's just endless. You would, I mean, maybe you see some of that in your MLS, but you're better off to go to newhomesource.com to Google new construction in your zip code, in your area, etc., and look up those incentives uh, plans. Now, most of the builders are saying you can't do that unless you actually register your buyer. You know, you have to follow their rules. But they're going to tell you, here is my sheet of 10 homes that pay this for you and do this for the buyer. It's not just loan incentives. They're throwing in pools, landscaping, upgraded this, upgraded that. The builders want to move inventory. You guys who are sitting there with maybe five listings getting frustrated, imagine if you're a builder with 200 homes in a subdivision that's suddenly slowed down on you and you have all that extra land to build for phase two and three. They're very motivated to move inventory. Here's something that I think will be um, an eye-opener for some people and it shouldn't be for anyone that's been in the business for a long time. People do buy and sell real estate for more reasons other than uh, greed and FOMO, Right. The traditional reason, right, the traditional re and I, uh, here's where this came from. I got a, so Julie and I are involved with EXP Realty. We're EXP Realty agents. We've been, you know, associated with EXP Realty now for going on for four years. One of the best business decisions we ever made. Many of you are moving towards EXP Realty. You're EXP Realty curious. And if you have not yet chosen a sponsor, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your EXP Realty sponsor. Um, and I'm going to tell you about a conversation I just had with one of our um, agents in our group. But if you'd like to be sponsored by Julie and I at eXp Realty, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. So this was an agent who's only been selling maybe like four or five years. And they'd only been selling in a hot seller's market. And again, the market pretty much has made even low-skilled or no-skilled agents look like superstars mm -hmm. because there was so much FOMO. You know, buyers were buying just because the payments were lower than the rent and they were, knew the house was going to appreciate. And they, you know, all the reasons that, you know, you guys, you know what the motivations have been. Sellers, the same thing. Sellers said, well, you know, it looks like I win, won the equity lottery. I want to move up and I'm going to keep the, uh, the, you know, the ball in play and constantly be upgrading houses and make more money and all the rest of it. All of that is tied to low interest rates. 
right? But and so when all the economic situations change and people start becoming less speculative and more fearful, how who's the who who's that leave to do real estate transactions? This was the essence of this person's question. Mm-hmm. And you guys got to understand that the core of the real estate industry is uh, the deals are done by people who are actually moving up, moving down because they need more space or they need less space or they're getting relocated. They're not necessarily these speculative type customers that you guys have sort of normalized. So you want to buy a house because you need a place to live and it's going to be the same, if not cheaper than rent. Then eventually you're going to have some kids or you're just going to want more space, you know, and you're going to have a, need more, a couple extra bedrooms and need a fenced in backyard. You're going to want to upgrade. That's the market that's always there. That's the backbone of the U.S. housing market. The backbone of the U.S. housing market is not house flippers. It's not iBuyers. It's not investors. It's not wholesalers. It's not any of these things that have sort of been romanticized over the past 14 years. The backbone of the real estate industry are families, are people that wanting to buy a place to call home. You need a place to live. And this goes back to one of the tenets of why, you know, selling real estate, no matter what the economy is doing, is such a brilliant move. You just have to have a different skill set and a different mindset. It's because everyone needs what you have uh, to sell. There is not a single human, you know, God bless homeless people, there's them aside, who do not live a, need a house to live in. Maybe it's to rent, maybe it's to buy, maybe it's to invest in. But the reality of it is, is you're not selling a voluntary product. You're selling something that everybody needs. And I want you guys to be really clear about that. That's how smart you were when you got your real estate license. I don't know if you knew it, but you were. Uh, the fact is, you're selling something that everybody needs. That's the reason housing is often thought of as being the most significant element of the U.S. Uh, economy. It's because that is the, it's what everybody needs. It's like energy, you know. It, you need energy. You need you know heating and cooling, and you need a roof over your head. So don't get so bamboozled and confused by the fact that even though the nature of the types of transactions and the natures of the fears and the wants, the hopes and the ambitions and desires of the clients have changed, that you are not in the right place at the right time. It just all leans back into whether or not you have the right skill set. Uh, and that's really what it, it does start with the realization that you can sell uh, real estate and you can be incredibly successful no matter what direction the market's going. A lot of you guys seem to be stuck on this belief that you can only be successful in one market. Now, with that said, there are plenty of brokers and teams that really were only designed to be successful in one type of market. Their fixed costs are too high. And we're dealing with, and ha- frankly, having dozens of conversations with a lot of people that are moving over to EXP who are wanting to take the next natural step in the transition of their careers. They're, they had built very successful brokerages and teams that worked in really well in one particular market, a seller's market, where the interest rates were low and you know deal velocity was high and you know all that. Now that that's changing, you're still a brilliant business person. You're still successful. You still can become more successful. You weren't just successful because of that market. Your business model that you were following was just successful because of that market. So now it's time for you to adjust your business model. And when you do, you'll even be successful, probably more successful because of this market. You guys get what I'm saying? So it's not it's not like you uh, could only be successful when you know all the dominoes line up a certain way. You can change the game. That's what you have to do. And that's the reason I think so many of you are reaching out to us about eXp Realty because you're looking for the next natural progression in your real estate career. A lot of you are joining as new agents and that's great too. For those of you who are teams and brokers and you're looking at your financial you know, future and you're realizing your low margins, which barely worked in a hot seller's market, certainly won't be working in this new market that we're in. Let's have a conversation. 
It's completely painless, and I think at the end of the conversation, you'll feel a great sense of relief. Text me directly if you're ready to move over to EXP Realty, 512-758-0206, and let's have the conversation. In the meantime, Julie Harris, thank you for uh, (laughs) being my co-host again. And thank you for carrying the ball last week, and and I'm looking forward to all of us getting that much more healthy. And for those of you, I actually have, uh, I think almost half of my coaching clients have COVID right now, so... Shout out to all of you guys who are also recovering, and it's been fun to text back and forth because you know we're all in front of our computers. I wanted to share one very quick coaching story to demonstrate. Uh, this was a thank you from Sue Romans uh, because she has adopted from a podcast, from coaching, something called the uh, the ultimate addendum, right, which has to do with pre-qualifying. You were talking about get your pre-qualifying skills up, right? She uses that. That's protected her. She's told me this many times. She said she ran into an office, an agent in her office that just had an $800,000 deal tank. Why? Oh, they had a letter of pre-qualification, all right. But guess what the 80% of the buyer's down payment, guess where it was coming from? This is one you haven't heard before. I mean, I can, oh, let me guess. Um, hmm. Secretly contingent on money coming from the IRS. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it didn't pan out, and so thus they're not qualified because they don't actually have 80% of the down payment that they said they had, and the deal tanked. Now, Sue told me that story in a thank you, in a little text of gratitude, because she's very careful about checking with what's actually going on with the buyer's financing. You mean the ultimate addendum. The ultimate addendum, and as you know, rates go up and it's harder to qualify, this becomes more and more important. This is just one little mini example of what you guys get from coaching it's not just the obvious skills like scripts and things like that. It's also, we're trying to shorten the learning curve and cause you to not have to suffer the same pain as you would by finding out the hard way. Well, you don't, let's be honest, guys, you don't have the um, financial staying power to learn on the job. That's, no, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. You don't want to learn from your mistakes because your mistakes are too expensive. And that's just the financial aspect. Never mind the the mental and you know the the actual mental angst that comes from thinking you had an eight hundred thousand dollar deal in contract and then it goes away. That's the you know that's the, the surface stuff. The human uh, element, though, everyone's yeah. seemingly they think they have to like. For example, you're going to get a call on a listing appointment as soon as we're done on this today's podcast. And you've been thinking about signing up for Premier Coaching to become a killer listing agent because you know you need to get your pre-listing pack done, learn to pre-qualify, all the things you've heard Julie and I talk about. Let's say you are one of our most avid over tens of thousands of listeners, right? This is the number one daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. But you've not yet joined Premier Coaching because one day you were planning on doing it. Now you get this listing appointment and the seller is a very motivated seller, perfect house, perfect location. You do not know how to be competitive in that listing appointment. You don't know the seller. You know, this is not a listing that you can just walk into because it's your mom and, you know, you brought her cookies or whatever. This is a situation where you're going to have to compete with other skilled agents and you lose. And let's say that listing was a million dollars. Well, you just lost tens of thousands of dollars. That is an expensive lesson that you shouldn't have had to learn that way. You should have been prepared ahead of time. That's the reason that you joined Premier Coaching. You do not wait to have experiences where you lose before you then decide to take action. Amen. This should this should be, all of you should know this, right? At this point in your lives, every single one of you should know that you need to be overprepared, especially going into whatever the hell is <laughs> happening next in the economy. Yes. I mean, seriously, guys, be overprepared, hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. You can't wing it anymore. The previous market, you could get away with a little bit of winging it because the market would save your butt most totally. of the time, but not now. No. You, you can't afford to wing it.
No, exactly. So guys, listen, we are here for you. We're ready for you to join Premier Coaching. If you want to talk with us about uh, EXP, frankly, Premier Coaching and EXP are working perfectly together um, because really EXP will help you to become very successful making multiple streams of income. Well, Premier Coaching will help you to become very successful as a real estate practitioner, learning how to actually sell more real estate because of this market. So please do contact me directly when you're ready to move forward. If you've not yet chosen your sponsor at EXP Realty, uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.